Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi there, and welcome to the Explaining History podcast. And today I want to talk a little bit uh, about a very complex and morally vexed issue uh, from the end of the Second World War, and that is the fate of um, those accused of collaboration and their treatment in newly liberated countries in Western and Eastern Europe. Um, It's complex because collaboration could mean all sorts of things. It could mean people that were simply um, helpful to occupying uh, forces, um, such as the the, uh, Nazis who um, occupied France or the Netherlands or um, Italian forces in um, Greece or the Balkans, um, or it could mean people that were complicit in their crimes, such as the the Vichy regime and and other um, collaborators, um, the Quisling regime in Norway, for example. And obviously, there's there's a gulf of difference between the two, um, and one of the uh, most scapegoated categories of uh, collaborator were the it turns out hundreds of thousands of women who had relationships with uh, German soldiers in occupied countries across Europe uh, reading Keith Lowe's Savage Continent the the research tends to suggest that the, the numbers of uh, women who had relationships with um, the uh, soldiers of the Wehrmacht uh, it was it was exceedingly high, something like ten percent in um, Norway. Um, the explanation that he puts forward, and you know, I think this probably is the case, but I don't know how you can ever quantify it, is that um, the Germans were actually quite attractive. They had uh, and were more um, uh, attractive than the the, the vanquished men folk. Um, of the, uh, the, the the French, Belgian, Dutch, um, Norwegian armies, um, and so on and so forth. And this um, lined up um, various women who'd had relationships with German soldiers with terrible um, retribution 
when the war ended. Uh, France is, um, stands out particularly for this, uh, women being publicly um, humiliated, uh, having their hair shaved in market squares, uh, being violently assaulted, um, a, large, a huge uh, spike in sexual violence against women uh, happens in this period of time as as well. Um, and if you think even for a moment about the functioning of the male psyche in these instances, uh, the answer becomes abundantly clear. Men who had been uh, conquered by the uh, the Nazis felt profoundly emasculated and then there was a, a second emasculation again losing the the uh, the women from your community to the conqueror um was a, uh, a a blow to pride a blow to the ego a blow to self-worth that could um never be uh, un- undone in form um the uh, i've spoken uh, in uh, talking about vietnam and the French recolonization of Vietnam, that that seems to have had an awful lot to do with um, national pride of the uh, French reading in Vietnam, particularly reading from the blows of the mother country being invaded by the Germans and them being um, conquered during the Second World War in Asian, no, French Asia uh, by the Japanese. So anyway, I digress. The, um, the way in which... Um, uh, allied occupiers dealt with collaborators and dealt with justice towards collaborators uh, is is hugely ambiguous. Um, uh, British and American administrators seem to have turned a blind eye, uh, given all the other challenges they had to deal with. Um, it uh, was um, an unnecessary hassle to try to intervene in internecine uh, uh, French or uh, Belgian or Dutch or Italian politics. Also, um, they they had uh, an absence of sympathy for those accused of uh, collaboration, and thought that perhaps it, the best thing to do is to allow local communities to um, sort it out their own way. There were accounts of um, British soldiers and American soldiers seeing. Um, the retribution that was unfolding and feeling profoundly uncomfortable by it um, and m- m- seeing very little um, moral distinctions between the, the mob violence of the Nazis and the, the mob violence of the um, newly liberated countries. In France, there is a race to um, prove... The uh, that France um, has had some significant role in its own liberation, as the uh, German occupying forces realise that um, the only option is to retreat to Germany's borders and defend the Reich, and France is is liberated very quickly. Um, the there is a, a, a new wave of uh, young men joining the uh, resistance, old resistance fighters who had um, spent the entire war, had survived the entire war undercover, were um, wise enough to maintain their low profile and didn't spend uh, days on end whizzing around in commandeered cars with Sten guns trying to find um, collaborators. And the the women of the resistance 
um, who were skilled radio operators, bomb makers, uh, marksmen, all the rest of it, were shoved out of the resistance in its entirety, and including the communist resistance, um, as they were told, essentially, the men have returned now, don't worry, the situation is under control. Now, given the sheer size of the um, Nazi occupation, from the Pyrenees at one point all the way to the Volga River, and from Norway to um, the Peloponnese Islands, um, it's inconceivable that even with over uh, 10 million soldiers in uniform, that the Nazis could have run all this without an uh, auxiliary army of collaborators. The, um, the, the, collaborate, the active collaborators, well, no st study's ever really been done, but you're probably talking within the hundreds of thousands. And the kind of level of societal, social collaboration, where people simply didn't actively resist because it's just not possible to do so, or accommodated the occupying forces, or did their best to get along with them, or that kind of thing, then you're talking about an even bigger number of people across Europe. And collaboration, active collaboration, is um, mainly is synonymous mainly with Western Europe. And if you think about it, the conditions in Western Europe are really quite different. Um, in Western Europe, um, governments are largely intact, um, as a result of the, the Nazi invasion, whereas in Eastern Europe, in uh, Poland, the Baltic States, Ukraine, Belarus, people, places like that, um, governments are, are destroyed and the state is, is, is destroyed. The idea that people are collaborating with the regime in Western Europe suggests that they're doing it on a, a slight, not an equal basis, but a slightly less unequal basis. Whereas um, in Poland, uh, collaboration or um, any non-compliance resulted in uh, incarceration in a concentration camp or a swift death. So it's a different story altogether. And it implies that in Western Europe, collaboration was largely based on consent. Collaborators, it goes without saying then, were um, deeply hated in their soci societies that they, they lived in. Um, and the um, post-war popular press that developed, that rehabilitated itself very quickly in uh, Western European countries, um, speaks about them in almost like fascistic terms as being uh, people need to be removed or cleansed from society, uh, vermin, mad dogs or inferior elements. Um, and some British officers said that there was almost a kind of like a religious fervour surrounding the persecution of the collaborator. And again, once again, if you think about it in emotional terms, this makes sense, that the collaborator who could be identified and accused of their crimes was um, a way of transferring guilt, transferring shame, uh, transferring trauma from the community at large, all of whom who could be said to have collaborated or consented or acquiesced in different ways. And the uh, creation of, of a scapegoat in a kind of a typical witch hunt uh, manner 
um, helped to kind of exercise, or it was an attempt to exercise, some of these collective demons. The um, breadth of um, social um, distinctions that uh, were um, included within the category of collaborator was huge. There were um, wealthy industrialists and uh, financiers who um, across Europe who had um, collaborated, policemen, and in France the, the, the gendarmes who ha- had enforced um, the Nazi laws as they were had been instructed to by their um, by the Vichy government, um, and the um, entrepreneurs who made money from Nazi contracts, cafe owners and bar owners who um, served the occupying forces um, drinks, um, the uh, journalists and broadcasters and filmmakers um, across Europe who disseminated Nazi propaganda. And um, entertainers, uh, the French um, and um, other occupied um, entertainers who uh, entertained the the troops. Um, This meant the scope for revenge and reprisal across Europe was immense. And there was nowhere quite like Italy for the scale of violence. Um, Italy had been one of the... Uh, European countries such as Greece and to some extent France that descends into civil war at the end of the Second World War. Italy is, courtesy of Mussolini and his um, his, uh, his uh, jailbreak uh, helped by um, Hitler's commandos, divided into two states um, following the Allied invasion. And from April 1945 onwards, uh, a period of time in Italian called the Eparazione um, began, um, and it was a, um, a, a what was what Keith Lowe refers refers to as a frenzy of revenge, uh, beginning um, with um, attacks on anything associated with fascism. And bear in mind, fascism had a, a pedigree in Italy going back to 1920. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Two. So that probably meant that you were talking about a, a large section of, uh, of the population. In the last two years of the war, um, fascist uh, violence in northern Italy and fascist terror in northern Italy had been at its height. Um, for much of the the life of um, Mussolini's uh, fascist Italy, the um, fascist terror really never paralleled the its equivalents in Nazi Germany, except for the last two years of the war, when the terror group terror organisation, the, the Black Brigades, um, made sure that there was um, nothing but unflinching loyalty to um, the, the the faltering Mussolini. So in northern Italy, in um, uh, Emilia Romana, um, Veneto and uh, Piedmont, there were thousands and thousands of extrajudicial killings. Um, in uh, The British Army reported that in Milan, in the run-up to VE Day, uh, so in early May, uh, 500 people were executed, a thousand in Turin, um, and there were... Um, uh, other uh, um, unreported mass killings um, that took place. Um, when you compare it to other countries, you're looking at Belgium, the number of collaborators killed in Belgium was 265, about 100 in Holland. Um, the France, far larger, and having had the Vichy regime to contend with, uh, 9,000 people were, were killed. But um, the statistics, and they're statistics when you're looking at uh, mass killings, uh, there's always a kind of different methodological approaches and um, areas of doubt, but somewhere between twelve and 20,000 um, people were killed in um, predominantly northern Italy um, in the months after the end of, of the war. Um, so it's an enormous spike in, in violence. And the speed with which it happens is interesting in its, in its own right. 9,000 of these killings happened in April and May 1945. So compacted into a very short space of time. Um, so um, much of this what is uncoordinated, spontaneous, um, there is um, nobody, uh, no one authority um, ma managing it, but the the speed of it tells us something, and probably what was happening here is that there was uh, an understanding that um, Allied armies would soon sweep in within a matter of um, weeks, if not days, and then collaborators would be handed over to a judicial system. The judicial system in Italy was so compromised, there was so little faith in it, that there was an assumption that if you hand over the fascists, the fascists will get a slap on the wrist, spend a few months in jail, and then they'll be out again, and fascism will endure. So anti-fascist partisans said, well, kill them, every last one of them. That's the, the only way that you can, A, be assured of the kind of justice you seek, and B, make sure that Italy is kind of fascist-proof for the future. 
though some might argue that that hasn't really worked out either. The partisans in Italy were pretty justified in their in their views um, because when the Duce Mussolini was removed and the fascist regime fell in southern Italy, um, uh, Marshal Badoglio, um, the uh, former uh, fascist, um, managed to rehabilitate um, the administrators of the fascist regime very quickly and it was observable um, that fascists found a way to re-enter everyday life as um, newly found, um, newly reinvented uh, Democrats. Um, There was uh, still a a strong uh, fascist element in the Italian police. Communists and uh, anyone on the left was still um, harassed and imprisoned arbitrarily. And you could hear in uh, towns um, uh, across southern Italy fascist songs and fascist anthems still being sung in, in public. So um, there was, it was unsurprising then that partisans in the north would adopt this attitude. So despite the fact that uh, there's a spike of violence in Italy, across Europe, the, um, the, the purge of uh, collaborators is far from comprehensive. And within, um, with, within half a decade, um, most of those who have been accused of serious acts of collaboration with the Nazis um, are given slaps on the wrists, relatively light prison sentences, or their cases are, are dismissed. So there were 311,000 cases that were investigated in France, of which only 95,000 resulted in any kind of punishment at all. Half of those, only 45,000, received a prison sentence. The most common punishment was some kind of curtailment of civil rights, such as the right to vote, or kind of the the, um, the curtailment of French citizenship, which, you know, within uh, French culture is enormously important and it was quite a, a, seen as a quite a symbolic punishment, um, and there were in there was in 1947 an amnesty, and the majority of the people who'd been imprisoned in the first place, who were probably uh, of the more serious category of offenders, um, were set free, um, and then in 1951 there's another amnesty, and the only people remaining in prison were 1500 of the most serious war criminals um, and the um, and the civil service purge that happened at the end of the war, the 11,000 civil servants who were um, fired from their jobs um, were given their jobs back over the, the course of the, the next six years or so. Why does this happen? Well, in part because um, societies need um, people who um, can do things in order to function. They need civil servants, they need army officers, they need policemen, that kind of thing. And um, they can't be too picky about their uh, these people's moral or ideological past. Secondly, um, the uh, real crimes that France collaborated in, Vichy France, not uh, the, the Free French, collaborated in during the war, 
were things such as the the Holocaust and um, specifically the Holocaust, but um, that not alone. Um, and the further one could uh, distance oneself culturally and socially from the memories of the war uh, and the memories of the Holocaust, um, so much the better. Um, again, in Holland, where I think 12,000 Dutchmen joined the SS, half of the people punished in Holland suffered only a removal of voting rights, while most of the other half were imprisoned, but generally for a short period of time. Um, in Belgium, their sentences were harsher, with 48,000 being handed out, of which 2,340 were life in sentences, but that was only 12% of the total number of cases investigated at all. Um, the Belgian judges gave out 2,940 death sentences, but all of these, bar 242, were commuted. So there seems to be a desire very quickly to return to some kind of status quo, some kind of... Um, uh, some kind of, for want of a better word, normalcy within within Europe, um, and the the idea of continuing with what would be seen at the time as dredging up the past was seen as a, a political liability by the governments who prosecuted these crimes. Um, and bear in mind, um, many of the um, judiciary, police, etc., were tainted by their own complicities. But actually, the populations of uh, Western Europe were extremely angry that the crimes of the collaborators were not being fully investigated. So it was uh, electorally unpopular. And it was only really in Norway um, that the population seemed to have um, vented, uh, have had their kind of satisfaction um, um, where something like about 45,000 uh, punishments were handed down, about 50% of the cases that were, were investigated. Um, justice obviously varies wildly from nation to nation, but um, that's because conditions in different countries uh, vary wildly, and the occupations in different countries vary wildly. But one thing that was common throughout Europe was the need to create these myths by the end of the war. The idea that uh, most of France had been uh, united in opposition to the uh, occupiers or um, uh, Italy or the Netherlands or, or wherever, whereas the reality was that um, active and passive collaboration were, were widespread um, and um, simple day-to-day -day accommodation with the occupiers were, were widespread. Uh, once you could single out uh, collaborators and point the finger at them, it actually had part in the creation of a new sense of uh, national post-war uh, cohesion, particularly as people rapidly sought to uh, distance themselves from the Nazis' crimes. And we must always remember the Holocaust isn't simply a German crime, it is a European crime. And the and this was um, perhaps not even uppermost in the motivations of people, but certainly it can't be discounted as something that was that was important. Now, 
Okay, very quickly before we finish up, um, I just want to remind you guys that you can get a 10% discount off uh, all AudioPie uh, podcast recordings uh, for uh, study and schools um, because of my wonderful relationship with them and you can I'll play a little bit of audio clip in a moment um, but uh, if you use the word exp- explain on their website and there'll be a little box that shows you how um, then you get your, your 10% discount so without uh, further, further ado here's our advert The mist of a November dawn doesn't shroud the smell of mud, dried sweat or the latrine. Yet there's something different in the air. Silence. The guns have stopped. So's the shouting. What next? Welcome to AudioPie's GCSE series on Germany between 1919 and 1945. To find out more, go to www.audiopie.co.uk and quote the promo code EXPLAIN when you get to the checkout. AudioPie. Inspiring education. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.